Mais que sais-tu de moi, toi qui parles si bien, toi qui dis me connaître et pourtant ne sais rien, 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 rien. Que sais-tu de mes rêves et de quoi ils sont faits Si tu les connaissais, tu serais stupéfait. Tu ne sauras jamais. Tu sais bien que je sais pourquoi me contredire. Tu ne sauras jamais pourquoi j'aime sourire, rire, 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 rire. Tu ne sauras jamais pourquoi j'aime... For recording, it'll just be at the beginning of the recording, and since it's all yeah. synced up, anyways, welcome to the Joel Show. Tonight we have special guests. Uh, what? Uh, okay, you can, you can keep going. And Spencer seems. Spencer, how you doing tonight? Uh, <laughs> I'm doing. Sorry, sorry, it's a performer in me. Please go, uh, go, go ahead and start the actual episode. All right. Uh, hello and welcome to Shoot the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. I am uh, one host, Spencer, and with me is um, uh, someone who claims who uh, hates he hates musicals, but he ha- likes this movie. No, no. What you should have said is, <laughs> and uh, with me is my twin brother. We don't actually look alike, but we do sing the songs and play many different instruments together. Uh, no, Matt, yes. Hey, this, uh, this is how can anyone watch this movie and not like it? Like I, I defy someone to find that person. If you do find that person, that person is full of shit. I know one person who doesn't care for it. Uh, that person is full of shit. Uh, fine, I'll tell I'll tell Bill Scurry he's full of shit. Thank you. But he hates musicals in general, so oh, I think okay. that's why. <laughs> Maybe he's not um, full of shit. Maybe he's just dead. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, the that's that's not relevant. Uh, anyway, so this is the first half of the 1967 pairing. Uh, uh, this is the Young Girls of Rochefort, uh, the Jacques Demy musical, and I picked it for the schedule because I hadn't seen it, and I was like, well, it's Jacques Demy, so we have to cover you, you know a couple, and uh, I have to say. This might be my favorite movie we've we've talked about so far. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. T- like Soleil O might have edges out barely, but like yeah. just barely. Uh, yeah, I think that's to, to compare it to say Soleil O feels unfair because not only is that an amazing movie, it's also an important movie. And not to say that this movie's not important, but it is uh, the the Hollywood style that it's you know uh, kind of uh, imitating it feels like a big budget Hollywood movie so it's like anyways uh, did you want to introduce the people that are here with us yeah well uh, well first uh, since it's a musical that means by our uh, our unofficial rules uh, Alexandria Daniels has returned <laughs> hi everybody and uh, Joel uh, your roommate is here too yes my mate (laughs) (laughs) or did you say roommate (laughs) anyways uh, yeah uh, Sarah is here with us and uh, she has been on uh, previous episodes on the uh, other seasons of this podcast and she was the co-host with me on uh, Please Don't Send Me in Outer Space and she just happens to really really like this movie love it yes okay (coughs) Hello. Hi. Uh, excuse the coffee if it uh, shows up. I think I'm getting a cold. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know if it's I, well, I got the vaccine like a month ago, uh, but uh, I work in healthcare, so I, yeah. Uh, anyway, just, talk about just, yeah. just keep track of it. Yeah. Yeah. A- anyways, um, have, have Mary give you a thermometer. You know. Yeah, but uh, Jesus, yeah. uh, Joel, you're throwing me off this 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 episode. Also, I just recorded yesterday with Bradley and Dan on Movies from Hell, and that was. Uh, it, it was kind of a disaster, but that's kind of their style, so I'm yeah. still kind of out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, wait, who's talking about it? You want me to talk about it? Yeah, uh, yeah he, he, uh, no, I'll get there. Okay, so, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start by, uh, like, I knew I loved this movie once it started, because once the first official song with the Twin Sisters... I immediately started to cry, and I was like, I don't understand why I'm crying immediately, and I, it kind of, it's like, this movie's like almost perfect. It's just so joyous, and it reminds me like, oh, this is what like, a fun movie can and should be. Definitely, yeah. I agree. Like, when uh, that first time I saw it, I was like, oh, look how, it's so pretty, and I, I love how it's so pretty, and it's just lighthearted. And uh, so it's kind of like reminded me of like why I love musicals in the first place. <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh wait, uh, uh, Sarah, have you seen any French New Wave movies? Have I seen any French New Wave? Yeah. Um, I've seen a few. I've seen uh, Breathless. A woman is a woman. Um, what's the one that's a, a sci-fi? Oh, uh, um, Alphaville. Yes, Alphaville. We watched. And uh, you watched? Uh, no, that's that's not French New Wave, but it is French. The uh, the the guy who goes to the beach by himself and ruins everybody's vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched. I've watched several that Joel has watched for the podcast with oh. him so oh. far, oh, but but I've seen a couple previous to that too and um i hadn't seen this movie until about 10 years ago but um maybe a little bit less than 10 but i had seen umbrellas a long time ago with one of my sisters just by chance and i fell in love with it instantly and then i i found out later like years later that there were all these other ones like donkey skin and st- I've seen that one. Okay. And Alexandria, what's your history with the uh, French New Wave? I started off with um, Jean-Luc Godard as well, um, just by going through like like it was like back when Hulu had that Criterion Channel, like the, the Criterion yeah. collection mm-hmm. on there, and I just kind of started diving into his work, not really realizing it was French New Wave at the at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of just went through um, his films like Breathless and Contempt. Alphaville was one of them as well, but I love like Masculine and Feminine. And you know, there's a couple other films that he made, but that's just like my own um, way of kind of getting into French New Wave. And then after some time, I started looking into like Jacques Demy's work by, this actually, it was, um, I think it was Umbrellas of Cherbourg that I started off with. And then it went to The Young Girls of Rochefort. And yeah, okay. Yeah, I kind of went, went the other way around. And, um, <laughs> but seeing 
the Young Girls of Rushford made me, it just made me so happy because it just, I, I didn't know at the time it was taking conventions of the Hollywood musical, but I just love the vibration, like the, the colors and the sets and, and the music. It was just so lively and beautiful. I, I loved it and immediately when I saw it. So. Yeah, okay. And uh, going off of that, like, um, I, I first, I've only seen one other Demi Donkey Skin. And I saw like uh, the a thumbnail of it on, I think it was when Hulu still had the Cartagena stuff. And I saw the description. I was like, "What the fuck is this? I have to watch this movie." And uh, I really like Donkey Skin, but watching this is like, "Oh, that there's a reason no one talks about Donkey Skin <laughs> compared yeah, to the other totally. ones." Yeah, <laughs> totally. Not quite the same. It is fantasy, but it it's not quite the same as Young Girls. Yeah, and. Uh, so, for, well, also, Joel, you don't like musicals, seemingly, so uh, uh, yeah. what makes this one different? Well, it helps it's, that it's in a foreign language, honestly. Uh, I just, uh, it, it, I, like, I, I really hope that no one invents a universal translator or anything like that. No, that's not true. It would, it would increase the, <laughs> it would be for the betterment of the planet. I would never get one, because I'm pretty sure if I started hearing movies in their language, you know, without having to translate it in my head, I'd be like, oh, this person's actually terrible at acting. <laughs> but they, they seem so good when I did, when I was reading the subtitle. Like, I don't know. It's probably not true. But, uh, so that helps. Another thing is this beautiful French town, delightful, like, slightly neon bright white uh, background country town like the the stupid thing people saying like oh New York is a character in this movie of itself it's like well this Rochefort is basically a character like you can map it out you know I know exactly where dungeon 1 through 8 in this Legend of Zelda map is (laughs) and just like everything they toss in like nothing about it is not a musical like just walking when they're walking down the streets people are kicking in the background and dancing right it's like people cannot not be in the musical and you know I'm, I'm surprised when the mothers went to go pick up their children from schools that they didn't all just <laughs> start doing somersaults together off the, off the stage and it's like that's magical but yeah, yeah, and they, like, I'm sorry, just beautiful people, like the most gorgeous people you'll ever see in this movie. Like, it's it's shallow to say something like that, but like, the the two main actresses are so they they seem magical, you know, because of the way they look and like and the fact that they're actual sisters like adds this layer of like honest goodness to it. So. If every musical met just that standard, I think I'd be more favorable. <laughs> okay. Wasn't the sister um, the one that was in the soft skin too? That yes. you guys? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And she died. The I'm not, not sure if she lived to see this movie or not. I don't think she did. It was soon after. It's so sad, but yeah, it, it was shortly incredible. after the release of the film. Yeah, and, and like seeing her in color was 
like it, it was like watching uh, Wizard of Oz for the first time, where it's like when it, the transfer when it goes from black and white to color. Because I've only seen yeah. her in uh, that one Plansky movie with um, it's like the one a few times uh, uh, Don Plansky is playing a creep, and he's like his he is uh, her husband, and uh, some other random stuff. And it's like seeing her colors like. Oh man, we really missed out on this, like her on like, I mean, statues that, but it's like we literally missed out on like her having like this glorious cre- career like in in color films. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just afraid there was going to be interrupting, so I was waiting my turn. <laughs> oh, no. Do you guys have a favorite song? The Twins is my favorite. Mine too. <laughs> I don't know all the words. I just know the tune. But yeah, it's like da 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 da. Delphine, viens voir, ils sont arrivés. Ils s'installent sur la place. Tu sais, les gosses seront jamais prêts. Faudra les faire répéter dimanche matin. Bon, non. Tu crois? Nous sommes de sœurs jumelles, nés sous le signe des gémeaux. Mi face à la mirée, ré mi face à le sol, sol, ré do. Toutes deux demoiselles, ayant eu des amants très tôt. Mi face à la mirée, ré mi face à le sol, sol, ré do. Nous fumons toutes deux et le It's such um. a cute way to introduce themselves in the story. Uh, I was doing my very best to try to find it. Um, well, listen to the soundtrack on its own, but mm. have, like, English translation, and that was kind of hard for me to do. Was, I can't find, like, an English version of the, of the soundtrack. But um, I was listening to it again, and I was paying attention to how they were, like, describing how, like, you know, how, how their mom raised them, and that she couldn't mm-hmm. find, uh, she let the man go, and everything. I'm just like, they basically just kind of warned us in the beginning. I totally missed it the first time I saw the film. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, Draw told you this like a, a few days ago, but a- after I after I watched it, I rewatched the first hour all over again in it, uh, just because like I just needed to feel that joy all over again. It's and, so satisfying <laughs> to watch. It's so watchable. Yeah, and like uh, it's like the whole intro of like the 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 fair of whatever uh, whatever type of fair it is it must be a European thing. I like I don't understand what that was, but it doesn't matter. We're like they're warming up, and it's like, and it's, it's like a very uh, like theatrical. Like okay, the dancers are getting ready, and it's like it's a great. You get this like beautiful prelude, and then you get like the best song in the movie. And it's like well, it can't get better than this, and then it does get then it does get better. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Uh, I guess my favorite song, besides the twins, the the two guys when they're talking about going town to town, uh, and they're like the the carny life. Well, the translation said carny, but uh, the carnies. Yeah, quote unquote carnies. <laughs> they call us carnies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think part of it is like I know a little bit of French, and I could follow some of the uh, French in that was like, and I could uh, with uh, uh, without like the subtitle, so like I th- that might play into that too. But like it's just um, it's like like some minor stuff, and that was like 
uh, some translations are interesting uh, what, what they chose uh, but um I like that one was like oh like uh, I don't know that's like everything like I don't know how else to say it besides like everything is just so beautiful and fun and glorious and just like I, I've been listening to the soundtrack every day since uh, since I since I watched it uh, a couple days ago Joel got it for me on vinyl a while ago and um, I was listening to it on like Google Music before they discontinued that service too hmm. yeah that's um, Michel Legrand is the conduct uh, the, the composer and he did uh he he was a uh, Demi's go to guy, and uh, I I think uh, he's coming coming like one of my favorite um just like film composers because like like watching this when you think of La La Land a movie I think is pretty yep. good for the most part, mm. but like what one of the thing, no. <laughs> yes I I know you don't like it, um, but like one of the things that makes that movie not fully work for me is that the that the songs and music for it isn't that memorable at least for me it wasn't where like uh, like the uh, the day uh, the, like the next day I couldn't really even remember like the tunes of the music except for like the main theme the main uh, main song but I couldn't even remember like the main like the chorus to it but with this one the next day like it, it was still like burned into my memory yeah, totally. I I really like his uh, compositions, and he's done he's done tons, didn't he? Like I I think I looked him up on Google Music, and there were like tons of albums possibly to listen to. Yeah. Uh... He also did the music to um, Umbrellas of Cherbourg too. Yeah, and and and, and Donkey Skin and. Uh... Like it seems like he was like a like like almost like the John Williams of France of his time. It's like uh, with his like uh, everything he worked on. Is that is that the uh, one he that um, that Demi is having the interview with? Yeah, the we watched a little a little bonus material, and we watched Young Girls Turn Twenty Five a while back too. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like he did the music for for Yentel, Lentel, the Barbara Streisand. No. <laughs> w- what is that? I don't. Yentel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you said it right the first time. Okay, I wasn't sure. I've never said it out loud before. <laughs> <laughs> so you said it right. <laughs> If you were a bit younger, people were still making jokes about that when we were kids. So okay, I she I think yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I yeah. Um, but I like uh, his career's all over the place. But uh, like to me, I mean, obviously, like besides, like um, uh, to me, like uh, for me so far, uh. One of the new wave got pretty much every, like every new wave person except for Godard, because they each have like their specialty and like uh, Godard 
like I still just don't really get, but like Demi is like, okay, he likes musicals, but it doesn't feel like he's just ripping off Hollywood musicals. It just feels like um, he's no, like he's like he made a new one. Yeah, I feel like he studied them, and he's like, okay, I know the formula for it, and now here's my version of it, and like it's never, and it doesn't feel generic. It never feels. Uh, uh, it feels more authentic because back in the you know '40s when they were making the the MGM or '30s and '40s and MGM musicals and stuff like that, they had Technicolor. You know, people like literally enhancing the colors the the way they did through whatever process it was, and I feel like the only way Demi did that in in this movie was he used the most lavish colors for backdrops and dresses and everything else you know no no messing with the film at all i personally like the colors better in umbrellas it's a more muted palette you do yeah but i i actually love the colors in this as well um (laughs) but joel was pointing out to me that he thought there were scenes in this where they were wearing wigs and it was funny because I had never really paid attention to that before until he pointed it out to me. But um, they might in some parts of it. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out because, like, there were just parts in the film, like, even though I love, I love, I love the setting, I love everything with the colors and and um, even like just like the costuming and everything. Mm-hmm. But there was something I was looking like went towards like the streets and everything. I was like, it looks like a sound studio, even though it probably isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, that is just that's kind of genius. And um, one thing I was noticing, not just the colors of the costumes, but also like the window panes and everything. And I I really want to get into like the square and the little cafe. I'm obsessed. Okay. Yeah, I am obsessed yes. with that building. That is gorgeous. <laughs> but one thing um, I was noticing about the um, what I found out, I guess he uh, he had purposely got those windows painted a different color, so that hmm. it looks like the entire place is uh, as as lively as possible. Hmm. And I just thought that was just so. It's just so pretty. It's just it kind of it really embodies what musicals kind of set out to do it's like escapism in a way but it's also romanticizes life and it's just it's just beautiful it's, it's perfect and that and same thing with them i want to get into about the square and the lovely cafe i, I mean god <laughs> oh, you, uh, you have your platform <laughs> oh it's a, it's i just love the modern architecture of that entire cafe i it's i know like there's no blinds there are no there's nothing like to block out the sunlight or the moonlight it's just completely open and i just like kind of so because like i know like kind of like joel said it's like sounds very shallow but it just makes the entire picture and the entire tone and atmosphere of the film feel so open and lively that's like what the music does like the music just only enhances what that what the entire like mise en scene is going on it's just it's it's gorgeous and it's always it's i think it's the almost every scene is during the day and that just highlights like how beautiful and colorful everything is and less like having like the sunlight even though it's um on a move on a screen it still is like yeah it's a sunny day life is great things will work out like it just has this like 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 the subtle constant like sunlight just makes everything like feel 
bigger and happier and it's like this helps like improve uh, it's like really like adds like a lot of atmosphere like to to it and going back um, about umbrellas I also I do like the color palette in that film too I like that compared to Rushford it's like the blues I was only, I was really noticing that the color blue is a very prominent color in both of these films but in uh-huh. umbrellas it's very muted it's darker compared to Rushford it's a bit lean towards more the pastels and kind of it has a more um, vibrancy to it has a more much more vibrant um, palette in Rushford but I like that there is a distinction between those two films they're yeah, both beautiful def- but their Definitely. story is just like it ma- their story ma- makes them both just stand out and significant in their own way but they're both remarkably beautiful yeah, I agree. I think that the um, the color palettes are distinct, like different, and in like donkey skin too. Um, they're the costuming is like very colorful, but it's like a painterly selected palette of colors, and it's super vibrant and gorgeous. And that's part of the charm. Like the charm, it, it's charming all around. <laughs> but but I find like the the amazing colors they choose, the amazing music, and just like the fantasy world element that they create on like the street. Even it feels just very um, sweet, like a cartoon would or something. I yeah. love. I also love like, the choreography. Like everyone's just dancing in the street. I just thought that was just <laughs> even more. It's and Gene Kelly. Yes. And oh, <laughs> it's like Gene Kelly. That's probably probably one of the first dance movies I ever saw was a Gene Kelly dance movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like that too. It just like warms your heart and makes you smile. <laughs> uh, I was also yeah. noticing like in some of the lyrics too, um, we go, going back to the twins song, they mentioned mm-hmm. like the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, like just like in the sound of music. And I'm like, that just made me happy. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just cool. little, those little gems that they put in that movie that reference like uh, the Hollywood musical. It's just, that just warms my heart. And it, there's more throughout yeah. the film yeah. I know it's like uh, even been the, the Gene Kelly when he's dancing with the sailors yes mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like and when Gene Kelly shows up I knew he was in the movie but like when he shows up and you see his face is like oh, it's Gene Kelly like <laughs> <laughs> you get starstruck within the reality <laughs> of the movie <laughs> we were just as starstruck as Solange was that's how I felt I was like oh that's a that's a cute me cute <laughs> yeah and like I'd say like singing in the rain and some other ones and it's like yeah I like him but here's like oh fuck you the movie star <laughs> uh, I think it's like seeing him out of context of Hollywood is like, like is uh, is like like what's he doing here? It, you, it's like you know. his character is Gene <laughs> Kelly in the movie. No, I, I think it's uh, like one of the things that happens when you see him <laughs> revealed <laughs> is that you're like, uh, not only is this a reference to the movies that they they're. Um, uh, modeled this movie after uh, you know they decided like was it subtle before I think it might have been subtle before Gene Kelly <laughs> <laughs> let's turn up the volume <laughs> like, oh, actually went there yeah. 
Yeah, and like it's awesome that he did that though. <laughs> yeah, and, and his uh, his first song is so like it it it, it might be like my second uh, favorite song, uh, maybe second or third, just when he's like dancing with the kids and like you see him all the different groups of people, which I'm sure are references to other um, like Hollywood musicals, but it's like it's like seeing him with the kids especially was like oh this is just like like my heart was like warm already and it, then it's like it's like got thrown into the oven like it was just like so perfect like every little <laughs> every little new thing added to that yeah that's so cute i like his song that he did um in his on in the uh, music uh studio that he has like um when he was singing about trying to find that one person it just sounds so sweet and romantic like he's been like he's had his life you know he's had his great career but he just wants that one special person and i'm like I wish I was that one, one special, one special <laughs> person, but it's like it's just so sweet and heartwarming. <laughs> he just, he's so it makes it so dreamy. It's like the film's already dreaming enough, but him just kind of pouring his heart out like that. And I, mean, I love the I love how it's written. I love the lyrics for that one. It's just oh, he's just so sweet. I'm just glad he's in the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the uh, piano arrangement, how they keep playing the same piece of music in a different way over and over again it just shows how talented like they were when they were creating the different parts of this movie they just kept rearranging things and making them sound fresh each time yeah i just i like that part and i like that it's hearing that in musicals like that can go on to be like a kind of like a motif throughout um Mm -hmm. throughout a narrative in a in a musical and I was trying to figure out like, exactly what that would be for this movie, but it's like everyone kind of has a goal, which is to find that one person, you know? And this, I just li- I like that. It's just like it doesn't change anything. It's not trying to do anything more than it needs to. It's just a simple tale of all these people trying to find that one special person that they love. Yeah. Like, oh, God. It's totally. To go, to go back to favorite songs, uh, my, my favorite is the Twins song that keeps going over. But my second favorite is definitely Mom Bartender and uh, Weird Instrument Dealer Guy. Because the, oh, the... the song he's singing about, you know, she left me and, you know, I, I knew, you know, she, I heard she got married to some rich South American and, and I just wonder, you know, if what I had done or something like that or or whatever and then when <laughs> what was it what when the mom singing her part she's like yeah I just kind of left him I don't, <laughs> I don't and <laughs> uh, you know I, I found I was pregnant later he didn't know she's very blunt yeah, yeah she's nonchalant about the whole thing and <laughs> that reminds me of the parts too where they just pick up an instrument and start jamming yeah. on it it's like a trumpet or like some other it's instrument yeah. and it's so <laughs> cartoonish and i love it it's yeah. like everybody wants to be a cat or something <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i love that <laughs> i was upset it took me a long time to like it's like aristocrats <laughs> i love it yeah exactly. let, me, let me look that up real quick it's like aristocrats what that, <laughs> it's like, that could be a reference there's so many references <laughs> yeah uh, uh. And uh, I also love, like overall like like the, the cast as amazing. Like, Catherine Deneuve, obviously uh, a legend. Her sister, uh, the one Carney, the the tan looking one, is in. Um, uh, <laughs> the 
sorry. The West Side Story, and he won an Oscar for his part. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, George. I can't pronounce his last name, but I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's like one of the two guys, yeah. Yeah, and Grover Dale is the other one, and he's American. And it's like, uh, oh, he didn't do that many movies, but like he was like a a, a a professional dancer, obviously. I've seen all those ones. I've seen uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, and uh, what was the other one that we just saw? Oh yeah, this guy. That's the uh, what is this character's name? Who? Simon. Simon Dame. Oh, so he's the weird instrument dealer guy. Are you talking about the the Boonwell guy? I don't know. Oh, he, he's in the um Boonwell um Michelle Piccoli, Piccoli, Piccoli. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. he's. He's in a bunch of late era Boonwell, and he dubbed uh, Fernando Ray in all the late era Boonwells because Fernando Ray uh, either refused to learn French or he couldn't learn French. Yeah. Oh, that's my problem. Oh, <laughs> and like, um. and it was crazy seeing like uh, seeing that Boonwell guy. Is like, huh? I never thought he'd be in a musical, and. And I thought he'd be a weak link, but it's like, oh, even he's great in this. I mean, he plays a sad sack, but, like, it's still, uh, like, I don't know, uh, I don't know, I'm going with this. It's, there's so many talented people in it, it's crazy. Like, the person in the music shop, the person in the, um, art gallery, there's, like, these little moments with characters, and the dialogue is so funny, like, everyone will, they'll say things that are kind of a big deal, but they say them in a way that it's, like, that's life, who cares, like, um, and then one of the other lyrics I keep coming back to that I think is funny is that I think one of them says, like, we go out with a lot of guys, most of them are adults or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't remember, but it's it's just really silly. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going I was looking at the the scene where they were talking about someone I guess they say a sadist had killed somebody and I was listening to the music and that during that scene it was just like this happy, lighthearted music, and you guys are describing someone that was murdered in that scene, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, there's a what mad <laughs> killer, yeah, yeah on the just, loose, it turns out and to be a guy in the movie, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, I was just like, I'm just, I it made me like sit back, and I, I had to, I could not help but laugh, but it's like, you know, I like, I got, I did. Even though it's kind of awkward to, to see that scene because like you figured is anyone crying? Are they are they fearful? No, they're just kind of singing and moving along. But I, that's one of the things I kind of liked about this movie is only mm-hmm. because it shows how they do get like tragedies do happen, death happens, mm-hmm. and life moves on. And mm-hmm. again, it kind of goes back to like what I was talking about. Umbrellas. It talked that movie was like more like the darker side a little bit with all like the darker colors and everything. It just kind of recognizes like the harshness of life. Right, this movie shows you how you can not not saying that they don't matter, but there's life after it, you know, and they kind of embrace that. 
totally it's so optimistic and like bubbly and yeah it just it talks about very dark things in a few moments of it but yeah, yeah, it's the, like the, the killer subplot uh really threw me off i was like wait wait what is this the right movie i'm watching <laughs> and they also like hitchcock you know maybe it's one of his based on like one of his earlier funnier you know murder mystery ones oh yeah like a silent era stuff or something uh uh, yeah, the you were talking. I'm sorry, you were talking about the different actors that were in this. It doesn't matter. Doesn't. No. I, I mean, like, it, it matters, but like, you know, like everyone's great. But I, I did want to highlight um the the Boonwell guy. Uh, yeah. I think he might be in Belle de Jour, but I'm not hundred percent if he is isn't. Can one. you go back to that guy there? We're, we're looking it up. Yeah, he's in Belle de Jour. Yeah. Um, he is in Belle de Jour, and he's in another movie we watched recently, too. Joel, La he's... Belle... Um, yeah, uh, Nuis? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he died last May, I think, and he is, like, over 90, which I, th- I, I assumed he died 20 years ago, but I was shocked yeah. to learn he was still around, still making movies. That's cool. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't look like that old in um, that more that one from the nineties. So yeah. yeah, it is true. And okay. Catherine Deneuve, like, I don't know if Umbrellas was the first thing I saw her. In. Well, I know the first thing I saw her in was Dancer in the Dark, but um, I didn't know who she was back then and what she, you know, did early in her career. Um, but. I think she's one of those actresses that I was like, I think I'm gonna like every project she like works on, and like searched that way to find a bunch of stuff, which I loved most of what I saw that she was in when I did that. So, so she was in Dancer in the Dark because she was in Young Girls. Uh, probably. Probably. She's done musicals, yeah. <laughs> and she refuses to work with Von Trier ever again. Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, Joel, that's wow. right. That's Don't right. be shy. It, it, that, that's our right opinion to have. He is. He doesn't try to be a nice person to anyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but. Uh, uh, I like the structure what does David of. David Moore say about him. No, I'm just oh no, I like the structure because it it feels kind of like um, uh, Jure de Vie, de Vie, the 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 big day, the Tati movie. A little bit because you have, oh, the, yes. you have yes. the, the town square, you have like a big yeah. event happening, and then you have all these little uh, sub stories happening around like the the big thing in town. And like yeah, it's the, yeah. the only thing that was missing was the man himself. If there was a Pratt falling, uh, <laughs> uh, that was just like in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they only, overlap. Only once or twice interacted with the story. <laughs> It'd be perfect. Yeah, I mean, if if Mr. Hulo wandered in, it would make perfect sense. That would make me so much happy if he did. That, that would have been awesome. <laughs> you, you said uh, there were no night scenes, so that must have been when he was rolling around on his bike. <laughs> what was happening? Same thing. Hmm. 
there's there's a spell that's been cast over France, and it's this fantasy world, and I'm okay with accepting it as a yeah. It just feels one universe. (laughs) It feels like a place that should really be. (laughs) Yeah, and going uh, going back to like more like charactery stuff, the two quote unquote carnies. Um, initially, I. Nous, nous voyageons de ville en ville, nous représentons des motos, des bicyclettes et des bateaux, la route est notre domicile. Un jour ici, un jour ailleurs, nous vivons libres et sans attache, lutins farfelus et potaches, courant de bonheur en bonheur. Initially, I like them, I'm like, okay, there's like traveling dudes, they like, you know, romance ladies, and it's like, oh, they, uh, like, they assume like they're gonna get laid every time. Okay, fuck these guys, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're clearly um, players. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's old hat for them. They're like, <laughs> we always see new guys come into this town and try to pull a line, and then they're rolling on to the next town or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, like but, a- you know, don't don't be so judgmental about, <laughs> about the life of a carny. You know, you don't know how it is. Okay? <laughs> guys, no, no, I'm gonna uh, uh, go by the TLC philosophy: no scrubs, because those guys, those guys suck. <laughs> That's the one way to live: <laughs> just no scrubs, guys. <laughs> and he and they, they they actually admit that in the movie that they're broke. I'm like, Mm-mm, see, just like in a TLC song. Got, got no money, <laughs> like no, no go. You gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like and also, I, do not enjoy the work of Donald Faison. What? I thought you were talking about Scrubs. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I th- okay, I thought, thought you were serious about Donald Faison. He's a delightful man. Mm. Um, but uh, you're thinking about Frankie Faison. <laughs> I've died for Frankie Faison. That's different. Well, oh, anyone would. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the uh, what was I say? The and at the end when like the guys get uh, turned down, uh, I can't can't help but think like, have they like like fucked each other uh, after getting rejected at some point? Because it really got the vibe of like they're super close, and it's like at some <laughs> point on a, a lonely night, they're like that's for like, let's just get it over with. <laughs> they like had their arms around each other while they were walking. <laughs> They're very close. I it. It's fine if they, it's fine if they have. But at the same time, it's like they probably, like they seem like like super super close. Here's here's the thing. I, I got three things I need to say to you. Mm-hmm. One, it's it's in Europe. Okay. <laughs> uh, two, it's sixties. Okay. Three. Are you telling me you wouldn't watch, you know, a, a five-minute scene with these two boys greased up making out? <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a I mean, man. <laughs> I won't. I won't be opposed to it. <laughs> I mean, the one guy looks like uh, John Stamos. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, yeah. the costumes, uh, like uh. Like, er, er, like, and another thing that the movie gets so perfectly right is that the costumes are all memorable. Because, uh, like, because, like, like, like the two, the, the the two guys, like, they have like these like uh, khaki pants and like a khaki colored uh, uh, like jacket, and they have like the like color coordinated shirts and ties, and like they have yes. like this, these like 
really like like the Napoleon Dynamite like um, boots. I don't know. They probably have a real name. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, I was talking about the boots. One thing I don't like about this is the boots. I was like, I don't know what you mean, but okay, well. No, the, the costumes are all fantastic. But I was picturing somebody with like a spray paint can out back trying to like match the shoes <laughs> color to the dress or whatever. And um but it is super it's super fun. It it's um Yeah, every look is distinctive and every look uh like sticks in your memory. Like like again, not not to say not to harp on like uh uh La La Land being bad, like like that movie like it's like it's not that memorable at least for me it wasn't like in costume and music and all that stuff and and here's like 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 every you see you see like the the like the molecular like detail of every little thing but not in a way where it's like they're trying too hard in a way it's like it feels perfectly organic and like well constructed but it's not uh like perfectionist to uh, I think that, like, uh, if I if I were to point out one clear difference between La La Land and this movie, it would be a sense of place because the movie the movie's called La La Land. You think we would actually feel what Los Angeles felt like in in some scene, you know? Oh, freeway. The traffic yeah, scene is about all that resonates <laughs> for people that are like close to Los Angeles. I hear I've never I've never been to Rush Four, but. I feel like I've, I would know which way to go to get to the music store, even though, uh, what's his name, couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah. I, for one, have never seen La La Land, so you guys are really are uh, opening my eyes about this movie. <laughs> oh. I know that, I, I knew that it was um, inspired by young girls and, uh, and umbrellas. But I've also had other people complain to me about the film, so I'm like, now I was I was going to watch it before mm-hmm. this, this podcast. Um, now oh, that you guys have, now I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm actually you know what? It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's I didn't dislike it as much as Joel did, but I didn't like it as much as a lot of other musicals that I think are really cool and unique. Um, but our friends really liked it. Yeah, no, we know people who, yeah, have the songs memorized and stuff. Yeah, I just think it's kind of telling that, um, I mean, if a song or the songs in the musical are not memorable, it sounds like it didn't succeed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just like, that's the thing. It's like, for me, me, you have to remember the music. That's one of the main points. Maybe for some they did, you know, but it's just, that's very telling uh, that the... I listened to the soundtrack a few times afterwards because it wasn't very memorable and I was like, was the music bad in this? And it wasn't really bad, but it felt more like it was a like pop compilation album or something like, you know, one song that's a little bit sad, one song that's a little bit happy, like... It didn't feel like it was a narrative in a movie. And then John Legend shows up. Oh, yeah, I forgot you said that. I remember reading an article regarding his character in that movie, and I get I think that's kind of like one of the reasons why I kind of uh, decided to wait on it because there were people who were 
concerned about how his character was portrayed. Saying, I guess, I don't know what he did in the movie, but it made it somewhat racist, apparently. Mm. So I'm yeah. like, let me, I'm, that kind of made me give it a side eye. So I was like, I'll, let me just wait it out and let me hear yeah. what people say about yeah. it, then I'll check it out. It's not essential. Totally. No. But it's not, I don't think it's bad, but like, you know, eh. If it's yeah, like a, I if mean, it's a rainy day it. and there's nothing to do, I, I always say, watch it and judge it yourself, and whatever way you feel, that is the right way to feel, and it's okay. One yeah, of uh, my grandmother's, um, sorry. Unless you dislike the greasy strangler, then there's something wrong with it. That's a great movie. <laughs> See, yeah. and that's what. <laughs> I was going to say an American musical that this kind of reminds me of is um, my one of my grandma's favorite movies. It's called The Pajama Game. Have you guys seen that one? That sounds familiar. I've heard the title it's, before. It's silly like this is. Um, you got to watch it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a good movie. And um, the the words are funny in the songs, but it's... It's about these factory workers that are trying to unionize because they work in a pajama factory, and it's really fun. Um, oh, it fun. <laughs> there's like a, I don't know. There's a playfulness in it that's kind it. of like. The <laughs> Let's unionize. Yeah. No, I, I guess it's kind of like Dancer in the Dark, but if it were happy, oh, no. but if it were happy in a factory. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> If the musical number didn't end with somebody's life being ruined. Right. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was it? On multiple occasions in that movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Never sing, never sing a song. Yeah. Uh, I've, been wa- I've been wanting to rewatch Dance Turn Dark, but at the same time, like, do I really want to rewatch that right now? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> You can't no, not no. be unhappy at the end of that. This is like the opposite. Young Girls is like the opposite right. of yeah. Dancer. This is like, dark. if you watch Dancer in the Dark first, you need to watch Young Girls afterwards so you can feel better. That's <laughs> what this is. <laughs> it's a perfect antidote. Yeah. But, uh, but like, uh, like I'm story-wise, Young Girls is like generic, like we were saying, but like, but it doesn't matter because like the because uh, uh, like all the character, like everyone has a distinct character, and, and like uh, uh, they all have the the music is right, and all have like the very distinct like characters and uh, traits, and like it never like like like, it, like you can easily pick apart the like the song based off like uh, like <laughs> uh, uh, off the lyrics, like you could figure out like whose song it is. Uh, cause like it's so, uh, where am I going with this? Jeez. No, <laughs> I'm following. <laughs> there, there, yeah. 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 Uh, There's also one thing I've also noticed in the, in this movie. And this is one I, why I like the, I love the characters of the twins particularly. Even though they romanticize a lot, you know, they dream about their dream man. They want to find the love of their lives and, you know, the very romantic spirit. But I also noticed that they're very career driven, especially Solange. Like she yeah. still wants to be this composer and she still wants to pursue, like they both have artistic pursuits. And yeah. it just, 
again, like, and I kind of go back to what Spencer was saying, like, yes, it's a very generic story, but I think that's a very important thing to look at, how they they want it all. You know, they I want... feel like that... Go, yeah. You know, it's like they want love, too, as well as their careers. I mean, that's what the Andy... Uh, Gene, Ke- Gene Kelly's character was doing, you know, it's like, yeah, he has the fame, he has the money, he has his, you know, he's doing what he loves, but to feel, make it all complete is having um, your significant other there, having that dream person that you can spend the rest of your life with. And that's what the girls are looking for, too. That's, that's so cool. And I just, yeah, I just I th- love, when I went back and I was listening to Solange, she was like, and, um, and it makes sense because like, she is the older sister, and so she's like telling, you know, uh, <laughs> Catherine, it's like, Oh, you're dreaming about your dream man, but what about your about having a job? You know, it's like I just I caught the little thing. I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. But I that, I love that though because you know I think especially for women, especially like yeah, you don't have to resort to just falling in love one like you know with a man. It's like you have your career too. You can do both. <laughs> That's fine. I thought that was really interesting that was in the film. And I, I like and especially in a in a film like this in the 1960s. And I just I thought that was just really cool to, to see that and that was a pretty cool message yeah like everyone is totally. a, is a fully three-dimensional person even though like it's just like everything around is superficial but like the but the character work is like is like they, they did their homework and making sure like you know everyone is distinctive and you and you know what they want and uh and like what they're what they like and what they don't like and uh i've uh, and um and with a generic story, like I should have known, like this based off the opening song, like uh, what everything was, every reveal is gonna be, because the opening song is pretty, like a hint at everything. But at every, uh, like when it was revealed that um the the music store man, the Buñuel guy, is Boo Boo's dad, I was like, like it, it was like watching a soap opera. I was like, oh, he is, and it's like, oh, of course he is. But like, the, but like, I fell for it every single time. There's like a new <laughs> character. There's, there's more action than you remember. Like I, I used to put this on sometimes at night after Joel was asleep because it's so rewatchable. It's so nice and like a cozy blanket. Um, but uh, there's a couple places where you're like, wait a minute, what else happened in this story? <laughs> You're like seriously, and there was a killer on the loose, and there was a, a secret father. That <laughs> it's just a lot of information, but um, I think because it's so sweet, you forget how action-packed it is. But that makes the film even more rewatchable. Like every time you watch it, you may find something else in it, and it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, totally. And actually, the whole um, plot about, you know, Boo's dad and everything. And I, it actually kind of weirded me out at first because we see, what's his name? Simon? Simon name? Like, yeah. he meets Solange. And at, at one point, it seemed like he was kind of, like, attracted to them. Like, they were both attracted to each other. Until I remember That's the song. That's how I felt the first time watching it, too. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember hearing the song, and I'm like, wait, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> That's the dad. <laughs> that ends up being your dad. <laughs> and I was like, thankfully, I'm like, oh, thank God for Gene Kelly. Because like, <laughs> like, like, yes, go with him. <laughs> that better not be the only love interest. <laughs> like, give her another man quick. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't notice that until, like, the second watch. And I'm like, oh, wait. Oh dang! <laughs> That's <Yeah>. the dude. 
<laughs> That's the other man. Oh, and also talking about Simon, it's really funny how he's kind of made fun of his name. Mm-hmm. Like she, like he was dumped because of his last name, right? Like it, yeah. um, you know, I think it was Yvonne. She thought like, yeah, it just kind of sounded weird, sounded funny. But they have she has a son named Boo Boo, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. Honestly, that was the one thing I wish I, I wanted to know in this you movie. Broke, you broke my suspense of disbelief <laughs> by naming your kid something so ridiculous. I was just like, that's the, that's the one question I want to know of this entire film. Ma'am, why did you call your son Boo-Boo, but you dubbed a bad name because I'm a What is the connection here? But I don't know, maybe it's just part of the whole non like nonsensical part of this film like it's just yeah you know it's like, which it's still it's still charming it's still it's funny it's like one of the most like little small comedic elements of the film that i really enjoyed yeah, yeah. yeah not the silly about it <laughs> not the silliest uh name we've had come up in episode uh that episode me and Joel recorded that hasn't been released yet where there's a character named cookie where uh <laughs> <laughs> what is this movie <laughs> um uh the bride were black uh, there's a kid in it named Cookie, which oh, yeah. sounds like, is that a joke? It's like, oh no, that's the kid's actual name. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's it's also in the book, and the book is mostly good. There's some weird choices uh, in, made in the book, but uh, uh, that episode comes out a month after this one, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Read the, if you want if you read the book. Skip the last chapter because the last chapter kind of ruins everything. And what what's it called again? The bride wore black. Yeah. Uh, uh, what? I the, watched part of that with Joel too. I I didn't see the whole thing, but it was really good. Uh, yeah, it's a nice little revenge movie. Um, True film. Yeah. Uh, Too far. Yeah. Uh, I guess, like for me, the only the weakest link would be the the painter. Yes. Because like, it's not that he's bad; just like he's not as great as everyone else. And they bleach his hair so, so crazy. <laughs> that, that color is, is like. like like he just came from bleaching his hair today. I kind of like I, he's definitely my least favorite character. But every time I saw him on the screen, I'm like, "You're such a sad. You look like a sad puppy." And I'm like, "Please stop. It's it's okay. <laughs> You'll find her." <laughs> he looks so sad, but again, it's it's I don't know. It's, yeah. so, it's so charming, you know. It's I. I I don't really mind it, and and even like spoiler alert, but they don't even end up meeting each other on camera at the end of the movie. It's kind of like they just know that each other is out there, and you know they're going to meet each other. But yeah, it's kind of yeah, it, it's it's ho- weird they don't share any time. It's still yeah. hopeful, even though like the, it's movies is like like I, if you want to like be like a spoil sport and be like uh, a, a, a nitpick like everything like is like a near miss basically plot wise but but like but it, but, but it doesn't matter even though everything no, is yeah. generic it, do, it doesn't matter like it ends with this nice glimmer of hope of like 
they might find each other. And in the movie, it's so hopeful. It's like, it's that you generally believe they will find each other. Yeah. Yeah. I like It makes you... Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, my bad. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it makes you feel like you kind of drank the Kool-Aid by the end of it. Like, you, you're watching it and you're like, this is so sweet. And then at the end, you're like, yeah. They'll figure, They'll meet each other. Life's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Just the only thing that kind of didn't really sit well with me regarding the the painter is that what are the odds of someone painting someone and you meet someone that looks exactly like that painting? And it's it's like it's. I mean, like, yeah, the film's really idealistic in that way, but I felt like that was like slightly almost too idealistic. And that's, mm. the, that's the only thing mm. that made me go, mm, okay, let's just go with it, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it is I'm, the point, you know, it's like, um, you know, you're, ideal, you're idealizing uh, the type of love that you want. And it's almost kind of like he's kind of like manifesting her in a way, if you believe in that. It's just kind of... Alexandra, haven't you ever heard of mutants? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Psychic <laughs> visions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, um, like, like that. That's 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 a plot point that would fit in like a vampire movie. And like, yeah, and then exactly. That, and that kind of opens the door of like, is there magic in this world? I don't know. Maybe. Well, if you believe maybe. in, you know, that's the whole thing about this whole movie is like crossing paths but not really meeting. You know, like life's chances, right? We don't. We can't always predict everything. And, like, what are the odds of Yvonne meeting up with her, her husband again? You know, it's just kind of like one of those serendipitous things. And I guess that that's what that character kind of was. It just felt like almost a slight stretch to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he was the only one that really felt like he was in a costume to me, too. Like, I felt like he was playing a part not as much as everyone else's costumes seem believable to me for some reason. I, I mean, he's but... too, he's too pretty to be a soldier. <laughs> no! <laughs> well, he's a sailor. <laughs> Not a soldier. Sailor. Well, still, <laughs> still, What's in the Navy? Yeah, exactly. I would understand that if he was a soldier. But he's a sailor, he's a sailor okay? okay. He's a sailor. <laughs> but you see him marching in a military march, and it's like... Everyone looks like a soldier, and then there's this angel boy, and it's like, well, one of these things doesn't fit. For some reason, that felt like like subtle commentary to me, just having the military marching in the background. But I don't know enough about the region or what you know the island was or anything like that to know if that's just me trying to put you know a, a little sense into that because that's probably the only part of the movie where the soldiers just look like soldiers who are marching. They, they never, like, uh, break down Rhythm Nation style in front of, the, you know, uh, a bunch of people. It feels like the story of a fairy tale in a way. Like, the way you hear... Um, I, I feel like it seems like it's for the time, like a fairy tale of that time, almost. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, but that's how umbrellas I, felt to me too. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. And it makes sense that then uh Demi would do um uh Donkey Skin, Secretly which is Secretly being related. Yeah. Yes. And then Donkey Skin yes. is a fairy tale. Which 
Yeah, an I, actual, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't realize until maybe like two months ago that Donkey and Shrek is from Donkey Skin. What? Because every character is from a fairy tale, and I was thinking about it, I was like, where the fuck is Donkey from? Then I was like, oh, Donkey Skin. That has to be it. Yeah. <laughs> no, there, there's a famous fairy tale that has a donkey. Uh, what? Um, Cinderella. <laughs> okay. A fairy tale. <laughs> I gotta go visit some fairy tales again to remember where all the donkeys are. <laughs> I was really tempted to say Shrek after you said that. I was like, well, no, no, that's just yeah. that was a million <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all kinds of fairy tales. So. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to go back to Shrek. What I thought about that scene when the military, you see the military men walking, and then on the other side you see like the uh, the sailors and all them in their colorful garb. I I also could have find like if there was some type of commentary, like a purposeful commentary to that. The only thing I, I did I noticed one thing is like when when the soldiers were marching you see like kind of like you see blue underneath like their green like their um, coats and everything, and the only thing I could get from that was that they're more it's just on a ba- on a basic level, the uh-huh. military are more restrained and their spirit like their you know like their romantic side or whatever is like kind of cloaked. And totally. And uniform. So they, they can't do anything. They just have to follow rules. They have to follow protocol. Whereas on the other side, in the rest of the city, apparently, they're all living their best they just life. Let it show. Yeah, <laughs> you totally. know, they're just like following their fancy. And yeah. that's the only thing I could really get from that scene. I, I tried looking. I just I couldn't find if there was like a talk about, you know, a specific war or anything in particular. But I mean, if it's modern. If it was modern times, then it would have been like the Algerian uh, situation that was happening. And, but that that plays into uh, umbrellas, doesn't it? The Algerian conflict. Yeah, I was considering that, but I just I wasn't sure if that was still the same that that, that war applied to this movie too. But but yeah, that's just coming something. Hmm. But uh, let's see. So. Uh, uh, you guys mentioned uh, that like you'd see people in the background just randomly dancing, or like mm-hmm. uh, getting into dance numbers. And my favorite moment of that is when the two girls leave the uh, the quote unquote carnies, and like in the background you see people working, <laughs> and it's like, are they gonna work this whole time? And then they get off the the float they're working on and they start dancing, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's such a great <laughs> such a great detail. And you see him like run into place. <laughs> Everywhere they go, people are just like <laughs> they're being entranced by them and start dancing and yeah, it's just it's super fun. Yeah, and there's a part in that uh number where uh one of the people uh uh gets in front of the t- the carnies and the girls and they stop and it's like, Is he not supposed to be there? And then he's and then they continue and it's like, Oh it's just like the this, it's just all these little brilliant moments like that. Mm-hmm. Totally. So uh, it's okay. Yeah, it, it's just an okay movie. <laughs> yeah, don't don't watch it immediately. You'll be disappointed <laughs> if you have high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we. I think we all loved it. Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. yeah. The beginning made me cry. 
And then the end made me cry when you see the mom dancing with the old lover and Gene Kelly dancing with Solange. It's like, oh, there is love. The, There's the, somebody for everybody. Somebody. <laughs> it's definitely my favorite out of Sean Demi's film so far that I've seen. It's, just, it's, just a, it's a hopeful and um, kind of keeps you hope. It kind of keeps you like just hoping that you know like love is there for you there's there's love all around you and you know your person may not be like gene kelly but you could probably find someone similar <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. yeah i mean <laughs> i mean we can, we can only hope we can only hope to have a moment like solange where she's like it's gene kelly like, she she won that movie i'm not gonna say it <laughs> Uh, okay, so what? So besides like favorite songs, like what are your favorite like little moments? Oh boy! Um, well, you were saying earlier the square. Um, there's a lot of really cool moments in the square, and um, just the architecture of that cafe. You were saying like, yeah. Um, there's a uh, there's the scene in the cafe where everybody's kind of getting to know each other. And then there's the part where they were erecting the like rides and stages and everything. Um, but I think my, one of my favorite little moments is when the girls are going to pick up the kids from school each day. Um, just kind of the back and forth, um, between each of them and like their encounters when they're out on the street. Yeah, I, I really, that square, it just, I'm, sorry, I, I'm, just, I'm so mind blown by the way it just looks. But that entire, the square and the cafe, you just get a sense of community. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's why I just, I love that. It's just taking the time like to talk to a stranger, getting to know who they are. I mean, granted, the scene where I guess I think it was yeah it was Yvonne who actually told the Carnies to go pick up uh, her oh, kid. Oh yeah, it was yeah. That. She and was like, like, "Can you do wow, it? Wow, you're yeah. so trusting." <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's just you just have this old more like that's the thing I was like I was noticing about the architecture. There were no blinds. There was barely anything dividing anybody, or or like shielding anything. It was like kind of this is openness, and. I think that's also one of the most beautiful things about the film is like about being vulnerable and just being open about what you want. Hmm. And I yeah, kind of feel that way definitely. by seeing the square and seeing that cafe and the design of the cafe. It has, and it's a very modern look. It's a very modern take to be willing yeah. to say, hey, uh, you seem nice. Can you go pick up my son? I mean, only in a real world, it's like, you, you hope that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's almost like this idealism, you know, in that mm-hmm. moment. But it's also the, it's that little small thing where you kind of hope and, you know, you kind of wish the world was like that in a way. We could be safe enough to trust even a stranger or even to have them, like, come by and have dinner with you, you and you barely know them. But it's, that, it's just that point in the square. Even when you see everyone coming back um, at the end of the film when uh, Solange, you know, gets with uh, Andy and then Yvonne gets with Simon, you actually know, I noticed that when the dancers come back, I noticed more of the... Uh, color coordination and the costumes like there was one woman that she's wearing like a blue and orange dress and it matches with the man with the orange tie and I just I love seeing that and it kind of goes back to that message like there's your, your matches somewhere out there yeah yeah and I just thought that was so beautiful those little touches like that I, I really 
those were my favorite small moments. But definitely that the square just gives me a sense of community when the dancers come mm. out in that time. It's just you just feel like a sense of togetherness. Yeah, it's it's like that square butts onto these other buildings that are all like houses where people live almost. So it's like it almost doesn't feel like a street even has access to that like bubble that they're in. Um, and yeah, and the cafe where your mom works is right there. You can see it from your window or whatever. It's really cool. Yeah, it may sound a little bit cheesy, but it's like everyone's kind of connected in a way. Yeah. yeah. I thought that's, that's, I just, I love that. I love seeing that. It's really beautiful. All right. J-Dog, uh, do you have a favorite moment? <clears throat> I like it when we go to the crime scene and see one of the, the women that's been killed and the police start dancing around singing about, will we have our catch this Seems an appropriate time to be having this conversation. There's children right there. Uh, yeah. No, I... Jeez. I think... I really love watching all the circus folk shenanigans, whatever they are, just performer shenanigans. Like, in the beginning when it opens with them on the, the barge coming across. Yeah, and going. The coming and the going. You know, doing their, like, stretching plie kind of thing and a couple of twists. And then when we get to the center and, you know, they're setting up things and the, the big number happens where they're, you know, dancing the square and then the moms come around and... And how did they get those toddlers to stay in one place? I'm thinking glue, but I don't know for a fact. <laughs> and, um, you know, and every time we come check in with them, you know, they're interacting with the bar, they're interacting with the, um, Fred, uh, is Fred Astaire? I meant Gene Kelly. Gene <laughs> Kelly when he almost runs over them, you know, those kind of things. Yes, for me, like, I mentioned one already, but uh, there's the part where the sailor... Uh, has like a pun about where he's going to go on vacation or on leave and mm -hmm. Gene Kelly finds it hilarious and like Solange just like no sells it and is not amused by his pun <laughs> but uh I, I, I have a, a weakness for for like stupid pun and like dad joke stuff so like uh you know there's a little bit of everything in this movie <laughs> Yeah, so this is easily available. You know, you can seek it out, and uh, everyone should watch this. Like, uh, you know, it, if you're one of those people who do you think you don't like musicals, watch this one as a test of like, do you really not like musicals? Because I think this might change, uh, change anyone's mind who who doubts it. This is on the short list for me of like very creatively interesting movies that include dancing and singing but that's just one of the really cool elements in it i was actually was yeah. talking to someone online and he um he was telling me how much he doesn't like musicals but he really mm -hmm. loved young girls of yoshipur so i'm like oh. yeah. yeah it's just this film kind of makes you just appreciate the little elements in it you know it's like you don't have to like the whole genre of musicals if that's not your thing but it has such a very s simple storyline and then i mean it, it just gets you quickly invested and 
the more you watch it, you find like more details and you find something else to appreciate of every watch. So I think it's, it's, it's great even for someone who is not interested in the musical genre as a whole, it's still enough to, I think, will keep your attention. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I've announced it yet, but we will down the road do an Umbrella of a Sherborg episode. Uh, I thought Donkey Skin was like, no, no, we have to do Umbrellas because it would be wrong mm-hmm. to skip that. So, uh I love Umbrellas so much. It's so sad, but it's one of those movies that I feel like is sad in this almost like, yeah, cathartic way. Um, there's, there's a, it's like an opera. Yeah, I think there's supposed, it's supposed to be like an opera because every word is sung in it. It reminded me of like a stage play a little bit when you just, it's broken up with different acts. And mm-hmm. what I really liked about, this movie is like kind of like I said earlier like Young Girls is very it is very idealistic but Umbrella is, is the complete opposite where you have uh, where it talks about the struggles of love yeah. and yeah. when you have war in between of that and how that complicates things in yeah. a relationship yeah. and um, I just and, I love I love the movie even though it, just, it breaks my heart I cried after watching it today <laughs> um, like it's like I'm, it kind of makes me like why did I have to rewatch this but I just it lo- probably has, has made me, me cry many times over now but like it is it's like the kind of feeling I get watching a movie like um, I don't know Princess Mononoke or something it's like a movie that's like super there's like moments of sadness in it but there's like these moments of beauty where you're you're thinking about what it means to be alive and i'm glad you mentioned studio ghibli because that's just exactly the vibe i, th- I thought yes <laughs> yes that is makes beautiful me, like, i was like yeah. oh it's so beautiful <laughs> like the colors the animation but dang this movie and this narrative it is really breaking my heart right now it has so much soul <laughs> right exactly hmm. sounds like we should uh, get the same people uh, together for umbrellas okay okay yeah no uh, I'm, I'm busy that day okay Joel, do you like that movie? Is it just the French musicals you like? I like that movie fine. I don't like it nearly as much as I like uh, Young Girls. Okay. But uh, this movie, I mean, not not. Joel, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I knew what you meant. You like Hedwig? <laughs> yes, but we're just talking about musicals. No, yeah, we're not talking about the musicals I like because they're. We're just. Talking, it seems that every time musicals come up, then. I'm like, eh, I don't like that one. It's okay. like, we, if we were talking about Hedwig and the Angry Inch, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Hedwig. Well, I can't shoehorn that into this season. No. <laughs> that, I mean, we have a stretch coming up pretty soon. But, like, that, that's just like, no, nah, that, that, that won't really, Don't even worry about it. Huh? Don't even worry about it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, 1967. Um, I'll let the guests go first. Uh, what what do you guys recommend for this from this year? Um, well, I personally would. Uh, can you guys hear? Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I personally would say, well, Belle de Jour. I feel like they're both such big 
cool movies with Catherine Deneuve. I, it's kind of unbelievable they came out in the same year. Um, and Belle de Jour is another really amazing, like, cinematography movie and has, like, costumes and things that are really, um, I think Yves Saint Laurent designed, like, all the clothes that she wears in it. Um, and yeah, so that's another really cool, stylish movie from this exact year. Um, and I mean, I've seen The Graduate and like, who's that knocking at my door? But I think, um, from this year, I probably, is that Barefoot in the Park? Sorry. Yes, I'm trying to look at my <laughs> list here. Um, yeah, I think Barefoot in the Park is really sweet for an American movie from this year. Um, is that a musical or are these people just coincidentally dancing? It's not a musical. Okay. And The Jungle Book. <laughs> I, liked <laughs> I liked The Jungle Book. <laughs> oh, let's see. I was going to recommend The Graduate just because it's another story regarding, you know, love and you know trying to pick like the right person and everything right, and even though it was not a, right. it's not a musical but you know it has that famous song from you know simon and garfunkel and it's i like that <laughs> yeah yeah um, totally it does have good music yeah. and a, another music i can also recommend would be like the producers um from mel brooks so i haven't seen this one in quite a while but if you've heard of if you've seen like the remake of it you know with uh, matthew broderick and uh, mm-hmm. uh uh, I forgot his name, but yeah, his album uh, of Matthew Broderick. And um, if you want to see the original version of that, go see Mel Brooks one. That that one's it's pretty funny. It's still like still the same basic story of uh, you know these uh, two people, the theater producer and an accountant, who are doing some scamming and uh, t- telling a a weird story regarding like the Nazis and Hitler. It's a it's a it's a satirical comedy, but I like I like the music in it. And it's it's quite a funny. Kind of funny story if you're interested in musicals. All right. Uh, do you have any others? I was going to mention Playtime by Jacques Tati, but I figured you would talk about that sometime. <laughs> oh, no, you can take it. Okay. Well, if you like, if you like a movie that um, makes you look at little details... Jacques Tati's Playtime is perfect for that. <laughs> I love, um, I love the staging. I love the uh, again with the architecture and just paying attention to like the movements of the characters and um, even Hulot's own comedic timing and everything. Just being kind of weird situations. It's just a fun um, movie like during the nineteen sixties. It's like. If you, especially in young girls, like when you see all the dancers coming by and you pay attention to the street corners, you see all these people just coming out and just doing their own thing. Um, you know, they kind of just join in in the community of it. And Atati kind of has the same vibe when you just have all these people coming and going. And it's just, it's a very interesting move, move, uh, movie to look at movement and colors and all that. So I, I really like that movie. So I recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh has one of my favorite shots of any movies ever which is tati looking over all the uh the, the office um uh cubicles uh okay uh, oh yeah, it was on me, the elevator that scene or the the escalator 
Yeah, yeah, that scene. And also when he runs by the the secretary, and then he runs back to doff his hat at her, and then he runs back where he was going. It's just it's just so funny. Like I don't, I first when I first watched it, I was like, I'm not sure exactly what is the the point of it all, but I love just seeing like the little glimpses of humor, and that's it's, it's it's a little, it's pleasant. It's just a pleasant and a hilarious movie. Yeah. And then it also ended up ruining his uh, his his finances for the rest of his life too. Oh, oh dang! <laughs> he, he used his own money, and it didn't make that money. There's a whole long story about it, but I'm glad it was made. But uh, it kind of ended his his streak of uh, successful movies. But um, for me, uh, the first one is "We Still Kill the Old Way," an Elio Petri movie. It's not my favorite Petri, but uh, it's kind of Petri's take on like a mafia movie. But if you've seen like um, uh, like the Tenth Victim or Toto Moto or um, Investigation of a Citizen Under Suspicion, like you know Petri's take on like a unpopular like mainstream genre is always interesting and different, and he's always doing something like political and leftist and. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I I recommend it. It's not as good as the others, but it's still Petri, and there's only a limited number of Petri because he died. Uh, in, oh, he's only in fifties when he died, and so uh, pretty much any any Petri movie, uh, I would say is worth watching. Um, uh, and the other thing I recommend is a book, which I think came out this year, which. Or close enough, the Zap Gun, the first Philip K. Dick book I ever read. Uh, don't start with that one. Read others first because it's kind of like a, a deep cut. And there's a, probably a reason. No, there there's a real a, a, a reason it's never been adapted because it's kind of a, a mess. But it's a really fascinating mess, and it like looks at the the Cold War nuclear standoff in terms of like the fashion industry. And there's some really weird parallels and like. Um, he's trying to make that don't really work but I still like it's still a fascinating book it has his weird sense of humor and like cool. paranoia and all that but uh yeah if it, it don't have that be your first one like start with like one of the famous ones because the mm. famous ones are famous for a reason okay Famously. J-Dog did, did we talk about 67 movies some other time? Like, maybe with Branded to Kill or something? Uh, I don't remember, because that was like over a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> maybe two years ago? ago? I don't remember. Yeah, it, was, it was more than two years. Or at least two years ago. Well, here's the thing. Uh, this field, yeah, on my letterboxed list, this is like a crime movie a year for some reason because I've got the uh, Deadly Sweet which which Spencer recorded an episode with me that I was not even on but I, I watched anyways that is a twisty fun time that uh, in my opinion needed some more editing but uh, it was still very good um Jap Japanese Summer Double Suicide. I don't think that is a crime one, right? It's just a 
that's a weird one. But uh, Point Blake also came out this year. The Lee Marvin playing um, in the movie. He's playing someone named Walker. The character's name's Parker in the books. And those books are really good. Um, Donald, Donald Westlake, I want to say. Uh, yes, Donald Westlake. Although he, he wrote it under uh, a pen name, and I can't remember what it is, but if you look up Donald Westlake Parker novels, excellent crime novels. And this um, movie is based off the same story that uh, the movie Payback with Mel Gibson is in, on. And Mel Gibson's, the, the version of Payback that was released in the theaters is, is funny and uh, a, a kind of light, enjoyable crime movie, but Point Blake, uh, um, Lee Marvin plays the character of, of Walker as Parker is described in the books, which is, he's kind of a behemoth Frankenstein who is also very smart about what he does. But he'd be intimidating to look at in any situation. And he has such little dialogue in the movie. It adds, he has to do this acting with his face when he does have to show emotions. And it's, it's kind of a trippy 67 movie. Like, they do some like things that feel like dream states in it. Like, and so I, I highly recommend that. I guess. I didn't know I had so much to say about it. Um, otherwise, yeah, other crime movies. Uh, In the Heat of the Night came out. Excellent. Uh, Go ahead, Luke. Not really a crime movie. I mean, he's, he's in prison, but yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and then uh, one of my favorite uh, Japanese kind of noir ones was A Cult Is My Passport. And I feel like I already talked about this movie. Uh, so apologies if I'm repeating myself. Hmm? On your other one? Uh, like from other seasons yeah you did like three years ago (laughs) yeah so i don't know anyways it's got josh shishito in it and this was the first time i'd ever seen him and i watched it entirely on my phone uh true because i was in the middle of the class where i was supposed to be studying uh but i was like blown away by the the cinematography like the the use of camera and like that was before i we'd done a season on japanese movies so um, I would have known that these guys had that talent, but before that, I, I had no idea how dynamic a mo- these movies were. And uh, he's <laughs> in the other Joe Shishido movies we've seen. He talks. He seems to be talked about how handsome he is, but <laughs> he's got the cheeks. And in this movie, he's like, "Yes, I can never get a woman with a face like this." I'm like, "Oh, that, that's." He recognizes that was probably a mistake. <laughs> Anyways, but he's he's amazing. You know, Josh Shishido's a, a, a super awesome actor. Their story's cool. There's this one part where um, a car is, like, trying to run him down, and he had pre-planned this attack, and he does this stunt that, like, I feel like Tarantino totally ripped off on something that I can't remember. But, yes, so Occult is My Passport. It, uh, Occult is My Passport. I think it's on for Tarantino. Yeah, the uh, that the thing you're talking about, that scene, uh, was directed by Seijun Suzuki, but the rest was directed by someone else. Yeah, Takashi Nomura. Yeah, but Suzuki worked on part of the movie. All right, that's it for you. I mean, isn't that enough? I think. Yeah, that's plenty. I, I think I heard the audience, and they said, "Shut up." Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Next episode. Uh, 
uh, is with LB from the Grumpire Zine uh, film site, whatever you call it, on Deadly Sweet. And we have a, a it's been record, record already. It is a, a really fun episode. I got to talk about Russ Meyer. I didn't have to explain Russ Meyer things because Joel wasn't there to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. It was, <laughs> it was a fun time. But uh, <laughs> I, I really don't. Please, please tell me. Okay. Um, Next season, Russ Meyer. I I would love. Well, some of those aren't very good. Never mind. I I I'd, I'd look forward to maybe all but like two of them. But that's not the uh, besides the point. Um. Yeah, Dudley Sweet. It's available out there. You can watch it, and um, for similarities similarities between young girls and Dudley Sweet, there really isn't that much. I just want an excuse to rewatch Deadly Sweet, and that's why I put it on the schedule. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything. Yeah, they're yeah, they're like they're they worlds apart. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, first, uh, Alexandria. This comes out in a month, roughly. So, um, uh, what's come? What do you have any any podcast appearances or anything like that in the next? Uh, chunk of time yeah actually i believe you and i are going to be on a podcast uh with bradley from movies from hell oh that is true yeah and uh <laughs> yeah on sarah jacobson which i've already started watching her movies they're great <laughs> oh yeah uh, they are great they're so and uh if you're not used to bradley and dan it, it'll be a trip but a fun trip <laughs> That's the best kind. Like it's, it's like this is right right up my alley. So, <laughs> I'm yeah, so happy. yeah. Listening to them is one thing. Actually being in it is like, oh, this is as chaotic as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't wait for it. And um, also got a also just put out a new to. music review on my blog. I haven't posted on Twitter yet or on my Instagram. But um, some uh, I don't normally do music reviews as often as I used to years ago. But I just thought maybe I should go back into it. So I did a small review on the soundtrack to a web series, if you've ever heard of it, it was called The Smile Guide. Um, if you're into like surreal horror stuff, something like this, I think Bradley would actually be something, he, he might, be, might be interested in that. Um, if you're interested in something like weird like that, I, should, I did a small review about, the, uh, about that web series. And, I think I'll go on to review it because it's it's knee deep in fan theories. <laughs> like, that's something, I, huh. I, and I love exploring the styles like surrealism and Dadaism in ontology, which is those um, subgenres I like to explore. So I'm be working on some things like that on my blog. All right, uh, what's the, what is your blog called? It's called Film and Vinyl, but it's just my website. <laughs> okay, it's uh, alexandriadaniels.com. The link is on my um, Twitter page and my Instagram. Okay. And I go buy film and vinyl both. Okay, and uh, we we have a frequent guest, Melanie Daniels. Are you related to her in any way? No, I am not. <laughs> okay, but she seems like a lovely person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Sarah, uh, do you have any art um, stuff coming up, or any um, uh, stuff going up on in your shop? Um. I am working on some projects at the moment that uh, could turn into things on my shop, but um, I am 
um, currently putting together a little picture book for kids, and I am also painting a big uh, number of... I'm, I'm basically working through a new creative uh, inspiration right now that I haven't really um, put out there yet completely, but... Um, it's I I really like doing art that's about um, like kind of the connection in the world, and I'm working on an extension of that body of work. Um, hmm. So I'll, I'm on Sarah Kathleen Roberts on Instagram, and my website is www.sarahkathleenroberts.com. Sarah with an H. And uh, I think you might have made the logo for. Uh, this season, maybe? Oh, yes, possibly. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, I've done a little bit of artwork related to the podcasts, too, that we've done together and yeah. that I've guessed it on. And uh, uh, I would say to see if you weren't here, uh, your, the calendar of the animal um, uh, watercolors is uh, delightful and makes me smile every day I see it. We have it in the oh, kitchen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, we have it in the kitchen next to a, a, a handkerchief thing that you and Joel sent me, like, for my birthday two years ago. I don't even remember. Yes. Yes. Um, I do some block printed fabric and tea towels, and uh, that's something that you can find on my shop through my website, too. Yeah. And I should say, we have both things high enough so the cat cannot reach and scratch it that's good, that's good. <laughs> we face that every day in this house <laughs> why would you be so cruel to your cats and deprive them of the joy of scratching those items we just got new curtains and the cat is like uh two days in already started scratching it so yet you know mm-hmm. not not everything <laughs> when you get a cat there's certain things you give up like puzzles it's like well that's impossible to do now i guess i'm <laughs> Never gonna be able to play with that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, J Dog, uh, anything for you? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Oh. There's there's things stirring. Okay. And uh, that's that's about as uh, unvague as I can be. All right. Uh, I was just on Movies from Hell talking about non-exploitation movies because uh, when I first found out they're going to do those, they didn't uh, mention it to me and I kind of bullied my way onto it. And it's a, like a fun, chaotic two hours of nonsense. Um, uh, that should be up by now. And then uh, my... Uh, uh, my blogs, uh, Red, Black, and Green, A Celebration of African History. Maybe something will be on there. Maybe not. Uh, uh, research takes a long time, and I want to make sure I get everything right. So I am a lot more picky and uh, uh, per- per- precise with this. And then my movie site, um, Jailhouse 701, Japanese Cult Cinema. Uh, there will be a second uh, thing up. It's a review of... Um, face of another the Nakadai film from uh the mid 60s and uh this episode i was on please don't send me on our space talking about that movie like six years ago yes 
<laughs> and it was a fun one. <laughs> yeah, the second. Oh, the face of another. The guy that had the bandages over his yeah, that was last, face. That was just last week. It feels like it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but yes. It didn't really. Have, I've known you two for that long. Uh, but uh, yeah. So there's a review of that. Hopefully it's good. That's a hard movie to talk about. So I'm giving myself a challenge. But uh, and other stuff. I have like the next year or so planned out of the of that blog. So. Uh, but there's no no set schedule anymore. It's kind of when I feel like it. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, uh, watch uh, hey, watch Young Girls of Rochefort. Uh, if you're having a bad day, it'll lift your spirits. If you hate musicals, it will hopefully change your mind. And uh, you know, be a good person. Try to be happy. Yeah. Have faith and love, guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh fuck. Yeah, oh, 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 one more thing. Uh, the special episode this month is a Fulci episode with Stephanie Crawford. So that will be a blast uh, talking about, like, gross um, gore shit with her. Yes. It will be. <laughs> I know. I know you guys are going to have fun. Okay. <laughs> Well, who else would you want else? Who, who else would you want? Talk oh, about no, no, She's don't, the perfect. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have the time <laughs> of my life. <laughs> okay. I just may be traumatized from my <laughs> from watching all, all the violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do, watch Young Girls and then watch some Fulci movies, or or vice versa. I don't know. Live your life how you want to. <laughs> The show can be found on Twitter at PianoPlayerPod. Our email is still highlowpod at gmail.com. You can find a show on Spotify, Podbean, and at various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fop, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art at com. and thank you for listening. Let us be. Let us be. Let us be.